You're listening to the Go-Getter Podcast. I'm your host, Candice Janae, founder and CEO of Epic Fab Girl, a community helping Christian women entrepreneurs build profitable brands and grow their faith. Whether you're just getting started or you already have an established brand, this podcast will drop gems, bringing you tips and strategies from experts to teach you how to build, grow, and monetize your business with God at the center of your life. Let's jump right in to today's episode. Hey, Go-Getters, and welcome to another episode of the Go-Getter Podcast. I'm your host, Candice Janae, and I'm so excited about today's guest. We always have amazing women entrepreneurs show up to tell you more about their journey and how they are growing their businesses. And today, we're having a conversation all about really creating profitable social media content ideas for your business. And y'all, I already know it's going to be great, right? And so today I have the amazing opportunity to interview Kay Hillman, who really helps experts and helps soda, um, helps business owners on social media um, sell out their offers. So I'm really excited about this conversation about selling out uh, because we all know for a while, maybe that was probably two years ago, where everybody was trying to talk about booked and busy. Child, we trying to be booked, paid, and stress-free, okay? So that's what we're talking about today, creating profitable social media content. So welcome to the Go-Getter podcast, Kay. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I'm, I'm doing so well, and I'm super excited about having this conversation. Listen, and what Kay not going to tell you, if you're not watching the video portion of this, what Kay isn't going to tell you, she is literally a mom boss, okay? Because she's literally sitting here with her son as she's doing this podcast episode. So if you ever thought that you were going to be like, no, I can't do it. It's so hard as an entrepreneur to do anything with a child. She literally has a one-year-old in her lap. And is actively breastfeeding every time he needs the help he needs. Okay. So let this be encouragement to you that this is possible for you. So, okay. I would love for you to just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do um, and, and kind of just the journey to how you got started in entrepreneurship. Yes, yes. So um, what I do is I help done-for-you service providers, photographers, coaches uh, sell out their offers on social media, uh, especially, um, as you can see, I have a heart for moms. Um, <laughs> so I work a lot with moms or women that are wanting to be moms, right? So you're planning to become a mom and you want to create a business where you can sell out your offers without being super stressed. Because I remember people were saying like that whole booked and busy thing, but your girl ain't trying to be busy. Like, Busy, like that is not a characteristic or a trait that I really want to embody. I want to be relaxed. I want to be calm. And, but I still want to sell out my offers. I still want to be paid. So I really help other women, moms do that same thing with their little ones all over the place. Um, <laughs> so um, for me, uh, you wanted me to share a little bit about my story? Yep. A little about your story and just the journey to how you now do what you do. Like, you know, I think a lot of times people can see like, oh, she has it all figured out. But like, how did you arrive to this point of, you know, I want to actually help. Like you're very specific with who you help. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, you have this focus on social media. So I would love to know how you arrived to that point. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I always tell people it's so strange. I fell into this kind of by accident. Um, and I think that I, I really had to be pushed into 
entrepreneurship, 100%. Um, I was on track to be a doctor. I went to med school, all that stuff. Like I went to med school and straight dropped out. I was like in the bathroom crying. Like I remember being in med school and my roommate would like, she would be in class and I would go home before her so I could sit in my bathroom and literally cry. I would cry for an hour until she came home and that would just like, I like nothing was wrong. But it was such a, like it was such a hard experience for me because I had worked so hard all my life, you know, going to school, getting good grades, all that stuff. And I'm in this place where I was like, oh, this is this is the perfect job for me. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. My family is expecting me to be the first doctor, you know, the first person to get their degree. And I was miserable. I hated it. It was a it was a terrible experience for me. And um, I just remember like being told like in med school, like, oh, you're helping too many people. Like you're, you're spending too much time with people. Uh I'm a doctor. Aren't we supposed to be helping people? Like, I just couldn't wrap my mind around. I thought I was in this place where I was actually helping people, but you were telling me that I was doing it too much. So I finally decided to drop out. And now at this point, I'm just like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? So I go back to grad school. <laughs> I go back to grad school and um, I, I graduate and now I'm married, right? I'm married. I have, um, you know, a husband. Okay. So I'm married and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, how can I create a job for myself? Like, what am I going to do for work? Because I couldn't find a job. So I had two degrees now, no job. And I'm like, Lord, I'm doing everything right. Right. Like in my mind, I'm like, I did everything right. I went to school. I'm applying for jobs. I got married and just nothing was happening for me. So I started driving for Uber and Instacart. And long story short, I bought a camera. So I started my my first business by buying a random camera and I was like, okay, I'm a photographer. And when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, you can't just buy a camera and say you're a photographer. <laughs> but that's exactly what I did. I was like, I'm a photographer now. And so um, I started hustling. I was, I built my photography business all on, on Instagram. I started DMing people. I started having conversations. I literally put myself out there and I was like, you know what? I have to make something work. I have a husband. I want to contribute to this family. Like, I need to make something work for myself. And I just had to make that decision. And it was scary because I never like before then. Yeah, I did like little like selling candy in class and stuff, but it was never like, oh, I'm a business owner. Like I'm I have to pay my bills, like my legitimate bills with the income that I make. And so I'm driving Uber, I'm driving Instacart and I'm building this photography business and I'm, you know, just really bootstrapping it like I really like when I look back at some of the earlier stuff I was doing, I was like, wow, this is so janky, but I'm so proud of that girl. I'm so proud of her for being like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. Like, oh, well, like, you know, I can't, I can't feel bad. I can't, you know, stop. I just have to act. I have to do. Um, and so it kind of led me, like, as I started building that business, I had a lot of my clients asking me, um, yes, I had a lot of clients asking me, you know, how did you do this? How did you build your business on social media? And so I started teaching them like, okay, these are the things that I'm doing. Like, this is how I'm doing things. Um, for one, I know like right now, attraction marketing is really big and I'm huge on attraction marketing, but I think that a lot of times that lit that stops people from actually doing the work, right? Because you just think that you can post and show up without actually doing anything else. And so I started teaching my clients, Hey, you don't have to sit and wait for people to come to you. You can go get your ideal client. And then once you've built yourself up to a point, now you can really attract people because you know that what you bring to the table actually works. You know that the value you provide is actually going to get people that transformation. And from there, it's just really spiraled out of control. And I just thank God, because it's like, I never would have chose this for myself in, in a million. I never would have said like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is my life path. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> 
That is so interesting. Like, it's so funny because there is one other interview that I've done with another um, podcast guest, Courtney Bryant, who's Curls and Couture on Instagram. And literally, I think she was supposed to be a surgeon. Like, she was, like, going up to, like, I don't know if she went to med school or was, like, had applied to med school or, like, whatever the case was. But then she switched and pivoted from, like, doing – you know, like wanting to be a surgeon to like doing, becoming a content creator. And I think it's interesting how, you know, sometimes like the way that society forces us to make us feel like we need to have it figured out. I think it's good to know that like, we don't have to have it all figured out. Like it is okay. And that's, you know, that's a part of the journey, especially with entrepreneurship. So I absolutely love what you're doing. And I love how you didn't stop, you know, um, that, from keeping you from going forward. And so I would love to know kind of what obstacles have you faced in the journey of like building your business? Um, And also what role has God played in your journey as well? Yes. So God plays an everyday role in my business. Um, I mean, like I said, I could have never imagined that this is where I would be today. And I think, not I think, I know that the thing that usually attracts people to me is that when I am showing up, I'm in in my business in general, I have the utmost integrity. Um, And I think that that's so big and so key in building a business. Like we can build businesses fast, right? We can, you know, put out half-baked products. We can, you know, uh, snatch our clients' edges in the the worst way, right? We can do all these crazy things, but um, at the end of the day, it's, that's not sustainable. Like to have long-term success, that's not going to work. And so I also found that in this journey, I've had a lot of just, wow, I didn't see that one coming, like (laughs) kind of left field experiences. Um, And I think the biggest kind of obstacle that I had to overcome was my own mind was like feeling like because I you know didn't go to school to be a photographer or I didn't have like a marketing degree that I didn't really know what I was talking about or know what I was doing and one thing that um one thing that I'm constantly reminded is that I like, and and this is the case for anybody you don't have to have a degree it when you have experience right? When you have your, when you have experience, like real world, I've actually applied these practices. And I think that's the role that that whole integrity and uh, integrity plays a role in because it's like, I would never go out there and tell people, oh, do this, do this, do this, but I've never done it before, or I've never actually seen it in practice. And I think so often as business owners, especially when we're newer, we feel like, oh, you know, I didn't go to school for this, or I don't have enough experience in this or whatever. But it's like, if you've helped one person get a transformation, you can help somebody else, right? Like, there's no way it's, it's, it's almost like how jobs say, oh, you need to have this many years of experience. Fam, I just graduated. How am I going to have this many years of experience? There's no way, right? I need to be able to get it from somewhere. And so I feel like in business, we have to realize that we're going through that process every single day of, okay, I'm doing this so that I can continue to gain more experience so I can help more people, so I can change more lives. And if we get in our own way, that, that blocks us from being able to help that person that needs us. And I always think to myself, because, and I, even now, sometimes I struggle, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, is this, does this really make sense? Especially when I decided to put my foot down and say, like, I really want to serve women of faith, you know, cause it can be scary to say like, oh, I'm going to talk about Jesus on my platform, right? Like that can be hard when 
in this digital space, it's not as many of us doing it. Like now when you get in the community, you see there's a lot of people talking about it. But at first, I didn't realize that there were other people out there that were speaking specifically to women of faith that were praying on. Like, I love how before we even got on here, you prayed over this this episode. That is the kind of culture that I want to be around. And I want to be able to use my business to glorify God and to build businesses that, yes, we could be successful. Yes, we can make money, but we give all all the credits to God. That's what I want to be a part of. And I think that a lot of the obstacles that I've gone through have been me trying to get over my own self and thinking that I have to do business the world's way or I have to do business one specific way when there are multiple ways that we can do business and only experience is going to teach you that. And I, I now see that all the experiences, all the little things that I've gone through in my business from, you know, having clients that have really taken advantage of me or like under undercharging for something when when and then when the contract actually plays itself out now I'm sitting here looking crazy like with the, like people are blaming me for problems or the lack of contracts that I had in the beginning of my business like all these little experiences and obstacles that I have overcome I think it's brought me to this point where I can truly say like without God I wouldn't have the business that I have today and it, it, like sometimes it sounds like oh so all you're gonna say is like it was God yes like that is the and, you know I did the work yes I showed up I did the work but like I had to trust that God knew and God knows what the plan is for me long term with this business and trust that it's okay for me to talk about Him and include Him because that's what we're supposed to do right like as as, as people we're that's what we're supposed to do as believers that's what we do so. Um, I hope that answered your question because I can really like go down a rabbit hole with Jesus. Girl, no, I think it's so cool because I think a lot of times, like you said, we get in our own way and then we feel like we aren't allowed to like do certain things. But it's like, no, like God has given you a platform to create or to establish. And um, and if, if you've established that platform, like use your voice to, you know, further the kingdom. And it, it's like, you don't have to feel bad for including God and faith in the, in the vision and all of that. So I think that is really, really helpful. So I want to transition to our getting to know this go-getter segment. It's one of my favorites. Literally, all you have to do is um, respond with the first thing that comes to mind. It's a rapid fire game. So literally just say the first thing that comes to mind. Um, Are you ready? Is the question. Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Android or iPhone? iPhone. Girl, no other way. Email or DM? (laughs) You said what? Email or who? Or DM. DM. Physical book or audiobook? Ooh, audiobook. Save or spend? Save. (laughs) Late nights or early mornings? Late nights. I don't know what morning is. (laughs) Once the child is asleep. Impact or income? Uh, Impact. Instagram reels or TikTok? Ooh, TikTok. Listen, TikTok just has a culture that's like. Yes, it's a vibe. <laughs> can't be duplicated. I'm sorry. It just can't. Aww. I love Instagram though. And I love Instagram reels, but I just love me some TikTok. Okay, Hulu or Netflix? Ooh, Netflix. And work hard or play hard? play hard (laughs) okay don't feel guilty about that okay (laughs) um tell us what's your favorite bible verse right now and why so for me this is always my this has been my favorite bible verse for a long time now but it's um matthew 6 34 where it says uh don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about it 
itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And that verse is so near and dear to my heart because I was going through such a traumatic time around the time that I got married. Actually, there was a lot of things happening in my family life. And um, I just remember my husband always telling me like, listen, you you can't worry about all the things like at some point you have to let God handle what he's going to handle and you just show up and be your best. And I just remember like, like that always stuck with me, him telling me like, you just show up and be your best. Like, don't worry about what's happening tomorrow. Like every day, like tomorrow's tomorrow, just live in the present. And I think that even now in my business and just in my life in general, it really helps me like as a mom, you know, just not worrying about things. You know, I think so, so often our biggest problem is that we worry about stuff that we have no control over. So um, that verse really just reminds me to let, like, let go of control, live in the moment, be present, and just, just find the things that we can be thankful for and grateful for every single moment and let tomorrow figure itself out when we get there. Girl, that's one of my favorite verses too. Um, and it's, it's funny because we worry about stuff that we have no business worrying about that part (laughs) that part, straight period like it's not for us to even worry about it and you over here worried about tomorrow like the bible said there's enough worries for today (laughs) like why are you worrying about some focus on today so there's that now we are going to transition into our dun 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 go-getter conversation all about content creation. So I always like to make sure we know your story, the behind the scenes, because I feel like that makes things way more relatable. So now we're talking about your expertise and um, I know we're talking about content. So why do you believe having a great content strategy um, that make like why it's important to have a great content strategy that actually is going to be profitable? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Thinkific. I went from zero to six figures in under a year, and a large part of that was due to digital courses. So our friends at Thinkific are going out of their way to give us a very special offer that's only available right now. If you don't know anything about Thinkific, it's a powerful all-in-one platform that makes it easy to share your knowledge, grow your audience, and scale the business you already love. So if you want to launch and scale your online business with digital courses just like me, get signed up for Thinkific's 30-day trial of the pro and growth plan to receive all the tools you need to start building your course and you get access to the online training bundle and receive guided support along the way. The total value of this bundle is $1,300, but right now it's completely free to you. All you have to do is head over to gogetterpodcast.com forward slash profit. All right, now back to our episode. Yes, content is how your audience gets to know, like, and trust you. We talk about this all the time. I know people have like heard that no like trust thing, but it's so true. When you create content, you give people the opportunity to get to know like and trust you but on a really deep level because now they get to see your expertise. So content is really about showcasing your expertise and creating some sort of relatability. And so when you are able to create really good content, you're able to attract people, like attract dream clients or just ideal people in your audience that you can eventually sell to. And then also you can nurture them so that now they are, you know, in, engaged. So they're they're feeling like, okay, she knows what she's talking about, or I can relate to her on this, or you're just giving them tips and advice, telling them things that they need to know. And then lastly, of course, we can convert them. So 
with this content, you can also convert people because you're going to have these strong call to actions, things like that. That's really showing people, okay, I, I should, I can trust this person enough to give them my money. So content is so key for, I mean, we talk about content as king, but it really is key to establishing and showcasing your expertise as well as attracting new people to your brand. <laughs> I love that. And I know you're talking about the no lack and trust factor. And it's so important because people got to trust you if they're going to spend money with you point blank period. And I think that's so important. And so how is it that, you know, free content, like I know a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm going to create a blog or like I'm going to start posting on Instagram. And they're like, how am I even going to make money from, you know, something that I'm doing for free? So walk us through like how you're able to monetize like social media. Yes. So with, um, let's start with the free content. So for me, I always tell people, because one of the questions that I get when it comes to free content versus paid content is like, how much is too much? I don't believe there's a such thing as too much because you can literally give everything away on your Instagram or on your blog, but people are not going to want to go read all that. People are paying for ease. They're paying for one cohesive system or one cohesive uh, method, and they're paying for it to be all in one spot where they don't have to dig through social media posts and dig through blog posts and dig through podcast episodes, right? So when it comes to creating free content, get like give freely, you know? Now, one thing I will say, and a mistake I see a lot of people make is that when you're doing free content, you jump to how to, like everything is like how to do this, you know, three steps to do that, three tips to do this. And and when you do that, you put yourself in a position where people are trained to just consume your free content. So instead, you want to position some of your content to be, you know, why you need to be doing X, Y, and Z, right? And, and then you're just giving them, the, you're not giving them the steps, the step-by-step how-to. You're just saying, hey, this is your problem. This is this is why. Like, this is why you need a solution. Um, but when it comes to your free content and your paid content, the way you bridge the gap is like, hey, you can get this for free, but to actually know how and to get a deeper transformation, it's on the other side of this paywall. And so when it comes to monetizing your social media or just monetizing anything in general, but specifically on social media, when you're trying to monetize, what you want to do is give people a lot of value. Um, And I know people say value all the time, but it's like, what is value? Value is educating people, entertaining them or inspiring them. So you want to give value to them so they can, you can build that relationship with them. You're building that no like, and trust. But once you've done that, now you can start saying, okay, in this call to action, Hey, download this guy or purchase this guide that I have about X, Y, and Z. Now, if you don't have digital products, because a lot of people that I work with, they don't necessarily have digital products. It's more so services. So if you're a service provider, or if you're a coach, then what you can literally do is pitch your services. I see a lot of times people like they wonder why they can't sell on social media. And then I look at your post and you never sell, like you never have the call to action to actually sell something. So it's like, how can people buy from you if they don't know that you're selling something? Because again, if you're making the mistake of always doing how-to content, people are just looking at you as a resource, not as someone that they should actually be investing in. So a lot of times the problem is not that you don't have a good uh, product or service or that you, you know, that you're doing anything else wrong, except for you're not actually asking for the sale. 
And so um, I'm really big on serving, like, right? We want to serve first with our content. We want to really nurture people, give people that value, give them the information, educate them, make them problem aware. That's something that you can do instead of always giving people the answer, just make them aware that they have a problem. They have a problem that you can solve and your solution, right, is behind the paywall. That's what they're paying for. So we need to have that call to action that says, hey, I know that you have this problem inside of my X, Y, and Z program or with my service, you know, I can help you do X, Y, and Z. Click the link in my bio to book a call. Click the link in my bio to get the, the ebook or whatever, right? We have to bring people through a full process. And I see that that's the biggest struggle that a lot of people have on social media is that you're, you're starting it, right? You're doing really great with your content. And, and I know a lot of people who you make amazing content, but you're not getting sales because you're not asking. What does the Bible say? You have not, well, I don't know if it's the Bible, but somewhere it's like you, you have not because you ask not. And it's so true. You're but not biblical, baby, honey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is the Bible. So let me not, let me not try to put words in God's mouth, but like, seriously, if you don't ask for the sale, you will not get the sale. And so if you're trying to sell your offers on social media, that's important to do. And I think the other thing that I do want to mention before we move on is that a lot of times people are selling and you don't have an audience. Um, or you don't have the right audience. And so it's really important to really make sure that the content that you're creating is relevant to what your ideal client's pain points are, what your expertise is, so how you can help them, and your offers, right? So what the what their problem is, what the solution is, and then your offers. If you create content like that, you'll be able to make sure that you're getting in front of the right people so that you have an audience to sell to. Um, I see this happen a lot of times with people that are creating like programs and courses. You launch something and then you wonder why nobody has signed up. And it's because you actually didn't have an audience to, to launch to. So that's going to be another really important thing is that make sure that you have an audience, make sure that you're creating a community of people that you're engaging with so that you know when you put out these offers, people are actually going to purchase the offer. That part, we've talked about paywalls, like come behind, the, like you ain't getting nothing unless you come behind the paywall and, and there's some short sort of exchange of income, right? And then um, just making sure that the content is problem aware. And I love that you put it that way, because like you said, you know, I always try to tell people like, like you basically said, like, you don't want to give away so much. So I'm always telling my clients, okay, you want to focus on the what and the why, but not the how. Like sometimes you can show up and be like, oh yeah, I'll do the how. But my my key point with the how is I'm only going to tell you the how if it's going to get you closer to the journey of purchasing for me without giving away the how that's in any of my programs. And so I definitely believe there's like a fine line between giving away too much value and actually creating value that is also going to encourage them on a journey to actually purchase from you. And so what advice would you have for someone who's literally just starting out with creating content? Because I know you're like, okay, you want to have an audience to launch to, but how do they actually create content from the ground up to actually really draw in an audience of people who even have what they're, want what they have to offer? 
Yes, that's such a good question. Um, a lot of people, I don't feel like talk about this and you, you just reminded me of this with the customer journey. Um, but I think when you're just starting out, it's important to understand and recognize what your customer journey is. Um, because you can create content based off of what stage they are in inside of their customer journey. So there are like several steps to a customer journey, but overall, it's going to look like an awareness phase where they first get to know your brand the first time they see your brand. Then like an engagement phase or a research phase where they're getting to know you, they're seeing what kind of, and this is really where the content is heavy, getting to know you, seeing that you are an expert in your industry. Then there's a consideration phase where they're now considering, okay, can you offer me a solu the solution to my problems, right? So they, you have an offer and they're like, all right, let me let me see if this is going to be the, the answer to, to my problems. And then the purchasing. So that's the call to action they actually book, right? And so when you're creating content, you want to think about those four stages and think, how can I create content to, to reach um, the, the ultimate goal? So when you're in the awareness stage, you're trying to get more eyes on your brand, more people to get to know your brand. So this is going to be your, what I like to say, like viral, like content. So just something that makes you show up on people's explore page because it was just so crazy or so interesting or so funny. Um, a lot of content that does good there is like when people do the Twitter posts and it's like, not um, now when I say snatch edges, I don't mean like, in a bad way. I mean, like we're, we're going to nourish people's edges with some soul snatching content. So it's like, you know, really catching people's attention with something that maybe they never heard before or a perspective that they've never heard before. But that's how you can get more eyes on your content because people are like, oh, dang, I really relate to that. Or I, I really agree with this. Let me go. Let me go check this person's profile out. So this is them getting becoming aware of your brand, aware that you even exist. Then you're going to move into that engaging content. And what that's going to look like is um, maybe you answering some questions. So answering some questions that people may have about whatever your, your, your um, topic is. So in my industry, I do a lot of marketing stuff. So I will be answering questions on like how to market your business on social. Or if I'm not answering questions, then I will be doing that um, content where I'm making people problem aware that, hey, you don't even know what your customer journey is. So let's talk about it. So that's what you'll be doing in that engagement phase. Um, in the consideration phase, so when people, so now you're ready to launch your offer, you're ready to talk about that you're selling something. In this consideration phase, you want to be sharing, and this is something that I see a lot of people not do. You want to be sharing case studies, reviews, testimonials, anything that shows that other people have been through this experience or other people have got results. A lot of times I see people's pages and they don't even show that they've had other clients. And People are not trying to spend their heart on coins on somebody that they don't know can actually help them with whatever they need help with. So I'm not saying that you have to have tons of clients, but if you can even just say, hey, listen, you're my friend. Can I please do this for you so that I can get a review, right? Whatever. But we need to have some kind of, um, we need to make ourselves credible with, with testimonials. So in the consideration stage, when people are thinking, should they book with you or should they work with you further? You want to show them, Hey, I've worked with this person to help them get this result. This is what's happened for them. And that's the kind of content that you can create when you're in that phase, um, the consideration phase. And then lastly, of course, is the purchasing phase. So in this, this phase, you still want to have those case studies and reviews, but you want to be really heavy with the call to action. So in the call to action, you know, in these kind of posts, it would be something like you do a case study and the last slide 
is your offer. Like make it very clear that you have an offer, something that you are selling. And that's how you can kind of create content um, that, and I hope that this answered the question or like help somebody, but um, create content for each stage of your client journey so that you can move people from, oh, hey, I just learned about your brand. I just see you. So now like, oh, okay, you have this offer. Yes, I need it. Um, Sign me up. Got it. Now, I, I love how you did that because it's like one of my questions was, going to be about, and, and you can kind of elaborate on this a little bit, is um, just like, I get this question all the time, how to market on social media without being salesy. So how are you, like, I feel like that's a really great example of how you're able to do it, where it's like, I'm adding value. And then the last slide is like, in your face, bam, I have an offer. But do you have any other tips of like, showing up and not being salesy? Yes. One of my favorite things to do that, um, besides using Instagram stories, because in Instagram stories, you could literally like hard sell and people would not care because in Instagram stories, it's just a whole different culture. So if you're afraid of feeling salesy, I would definitely spend a lot of time inside of your stories, just talking, like talking freely about your offers, just, just really being open in your stories. But as far as like your feed and just really anywhere else on social media, so that you don't feel salesy. One thing that I really like to do is I will create a post and I'll tell a story, you know, maybe I'll do like a testimonial or a case study. And at the end, I'll say, you know, something to the effect of, um, if this is something you're struggling with, this is what I help you do inside of my X, Y, and Z program. Right. So instead of it being like a really hard click link in my bio and, you know, just get this now, you know, and it's always like, bye, bye, bye. Um, more so I'm showing people like, Hey, this is the experience if this is what you're struggling with, I help you with this inside of the program. And it, it, it kind of opens up the conversation for people not to feel like you have to click, they have to click the link or that they have to do anything because now they are going to reach out to you. Um, I think something else that a lot of people don't do um, is it's okay to pitch. I know a lot of, t- a, lot of a lot of people don't want to do like pitching or like pitch somebody, but if you know that what your service is or what your product is can actually help them, there's nothing wrong with sending a pitch. If there's nothing wrong with saying like, hey, listen, I checked out your profile or I checked out X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm currently working with a, a web designer and she, I, I sent her a couple of people that I was like, hey, you should reach out to these people because their website, it's, it's the website speed is slow. And I was like, do a quick little audit for them. You know, don't spend any more than like five minutes and send them um, like a, you, we can use Loom and you can just show them like, hey, I noticed that this was going on on your website. You know, I would love to, give you some feedback and help you get this updated. Right. But go out, go out and pitch people. Like, I know it may seem like a little scary, um, but let me, you can like, (laughs) let me hop in just to, just to reinforce with you. I built my brand to six figures and most of my initial clients that I got that were high ticket clients, I pitched them, right? Like I didn't just wait for my clients to come to me. Now I'm at the point where people are like, oh, we love the content you put up. Like, oh, I see what you're doing. How can you help me? But at first, when you're just getting started and you don't necessarily always have like the the case studies in place where like for specifically what you're trying to do, you're going to have to do some pitching. Right. And I think I love I love that you said that, um, because at the end of the day, like you can't just sit back and wait. Now, we all have been irritated by people signing our DMs saying stuff that's ridiculous. And I have also been the annoying person that has probably sit and see people people's DMs when it was like, eh, this might not be the right fit. 
But that's why you grow in entrepreneurship and you figure out what works. And that's part of kind of what I teach my clients, even in my six figure marketing Maven program is like, you want to just slide in and be like, hey, girl, it's like you want to have conversations with people that make sense. And you want to make sure that the people you're reaching out to are the right ones. Like we're all irritated by everybody who's in our DMs right now. It's like, oh, your Instagram engagement is low. We should you should do X, Y, Z, like all these bots and stuff. And it's like, you want to speak to the person as if they're a human. And I, I just love that you you said that. And so now my next question is more so about kind of measuring the success of your content. So one of the things I personally do often is like, I'm always reviewing different like stats, insights, things like that to figure out if my content is, is you know, performing well. But what advice do you have in terms of like, measuring if your content is successful or not, and pivoting based on if you're putting out content that people aren't really vibing with? Yes. So for me, it, de- it really depends on what your goal is. Um, and I'm really big on like the cust- like knowing your customer journey. And so depending on like what stage you're in, you're going to measure different things. Um, but for me, I would definitely say the most important thing that I'm measuring for when it comes to my content is um, website clicks because of course I want people to click the link in my bio. Um, I'm measuring for saves and shares because that lets you know that like people are really engaged or engaging with a piece of content. Um, And, you know, we have to understand because I, I, sometimes people get really hyped up on metrics and I always think to myself, you know, if you look at a post and it gets 30 likes, let's just say it gets 30 likes. That's 30 people that liked your content. If you were in a room speaking to 30 people, is that a big deal? Yes, it is a big deal. You know, if you're in a room and five people show up and you're speaking to them, that's a big deal, right? It's, I mean, I think that there are certain metrics that we can't quite worry about. And for me, likes and comments is one of them because it's not really a great indicator whether or not your content was good or bad. It's just, I mean, you just maybe happen to stop somebody's scroll. Um, Now, when it comes to shares and saves, the reason why that, type of content is really good is because when someone shares it, of course, more people get to see it, right? People can see it in the stories. So it kind of expands your reach. So if you're trying to get more awareness and more eyes on your brand, then you really want to see, okay, this type of content gets shared a lot. So if I'm wanting to increase my awareness, I need to be posting more content like that. Um, Now, if you get a lot of saves on a piece of content, that lets you know that when people are in that consideration phase or when they're, you know, thinking about purchasing your offers, you want to keep, you want to double down on that type of content because that lets you know that, wow, okay, people are saving this because they want to come back to it in the future. Okay. They engage with this piece of content so much that they want to come back and see this in the future. And it really lets you know, like, okay, like a lot of times that kind of content ends up being something where people learn something where they really like, it really resonated with them. So um, what I would say also with, when it comes to kind of assessing and knowing when to pivot your content is, and and this can be hard too, because while I'm not blaming the algorithm, sometimes weird things happen, like they add new features or whatever, or we also have to be mindful of like what's going on in the world. So when there are world events happening, you may see a hit to your engagement because people's attention may be elsewhere. People's attention may be on the news or, focusing on another platform or 
other accounts that are giving them the information that they need to see. So some, so I, a lot of times when you're looking at your analytics, you have to be mindful of not just what's going on with your page, but what's literally happening in the world around you. And uh, the big mistake a lot of people make when it comes to social media is that you're so focused on yourself and your brand that you miss the bigger picture. And so if you can figure out, okay, if the rest of the world is focused on this, how can I incorporate that? So um, there's this thing called All-Star All Star Weekend or something. I had no idea what this was. I don't watch basketball, but it was like a big Girl, deal. I didn't know what All-Star Weekend was. I never heard of this thing in my life. I never heard of this in my life. Wait, okay. How, how many years old were you when you figured out what All-Star 29. Weekend was? 29. You was 20 today years old, okay? Foolishness. Pure foolishness. I had no idea this was a thing. <laughs> to be honest, not to make you feel bad or anything, but literally I probably wouldn't have known other than the fact that like my birthday weekend is February 16th and like, my birthday is February 16th and All-Star Weekend traditionally is uh, on Valentine's Day weekend. So uh, because uh, of that, like I've always known because like people are like, oh, Start happening parties and stuff. So, girl, don't feel bad, but that's hilarious. I had no idea. I had no idea. And it's, it's so funny because during All-Star Weekend, I was trying to do like collaborations with people and all kind of stuff. And they were just like, oh, no, I can't because All-Star Weekend. I'm like, I finally asked someone because I got, I got tired of like trying to figure out what this thing was. And I was like, what is All-Star Weekend? And, and someone explained it to me, but it helped me understand why some of my content wasn't doing well, because I was talking about things that people like it wasn't relevant but then I would see other people who were creating their content around all-star weekend where they would use like examples or like little memes and stuff so just being aware of what's going on will help your your content perform well so sometimes your metrics you really just have to think outside of yourself and outside of your business so that you can understand okay this is why things are performing well this is why it's not now if there's nothing happening in the world like nothing significant to your audience and again you have to know your your target audience if they even care my target audience apparently they care about all-star weekend no one ever told me and that's fine but now that i know <laughs> i'll be more mindful about that but if you know that there is nothing going on, now you can really look at your content and say, and be objective. It's hard because we spend a lot of time on our content. You know, we really, you know, every piece of content you create, you know, some of us spend a lot of time doing it. And so it can be hard to say like, oh, wow, my content does suck. But you have to be objective and say like, all right, what was the reason why this piece of content may not have performed well? Why didn't it get a lot of saves or shares? Was it hard to read? Sometimes people create graphics and your words are too tiny or there's too many words, right? People don't want to read all that. So, you know, you have to be mindful of like, where is your audience? What does your audience actually need? And then you can look at those metrics. And I would really say at the beginning, just focus on those shares, saves, and website clicks. And then you can kind of assess things from, from there. Um, another metric I like to look at is hashtags because I'm really big on like using hashtags. So I would say like, look and see um, how many, you know, visits you're getting from hashtags because that'll be a great way to know one, if your hashtags are even working, but then two, also if you're able to get in front of new audiences, because I'm always trying to, of course, increase my awareness and let more people know that, or let more people know that I exist. And I do the same thing for my clients. So so having that awareness is really big. So if you're really trying to like grow your audience and things like that, I would definitely focus over there on that hashtag metric as well. Love it. So do you personally have any resources that you've created to help our audience kind of grow successful um, Instagram pages or content? Do you have any resources that you can point us to? 
Yes. So I do have a, um, it's like a little bundle that I've put together for growing your social media. And I will have to give you the link to it because I don't have like a short link. That's so crazy. I don't know why I don't have a short link for it, but um, <laughs> there is a, there, there is, it's a grow your biz on social bundle and it gives you a content p- uh, planner. I go through like content pillars because there are quite a few things that we can do to make the content making process and knowing what to post a lot easier. I think that so often we kind of overcomplicate it, overcomplicate the problem or the the process of creating content. But really, if you have five solid content pillars, you can create three months worth of content and it could be really easy. And I know people say it all the time, like, oh, I make three you know, months of content or one month of content in 30 minutes. But you really can do that when you, one, understand who your ideal client is, and two, you're really clear on your content pillars and what they need. And so um, the bundle is all about helping you identify what your content pillars are so that we can break it down into topics so you can easily create content. Listen, so good, so helpful. All right, so now we're gonna transition into our go-getter empowerment segment. And I'm really excited about this. This is all about just really helping in encouraging the women who um, are listening on their journey as entrepreneurs. And so I always like to know who is inspiring you right now? Ooh, that's such a good question. Uh, who's that amazing, powerful women should we be paying attention to? Yes, okay. Um, her name is Ash Elise. Um, I think on Instagram, her name is I am Ash Elise. I love her. Yeah. I stand her. I, she, she was, she's a former coach of mine and I, and I always come back around to her because she's just, um, she's an amazing woman of God. And she was the person that really helped me like stand up for my faith and my business and to really claim that powerfully on social media. Cause I went through this weird phase where I was trying to be like inclusive and say like universe and all this kind of stuff. And she was the one that really empowered me to say like, no girl, we're not going to do this. Like <laughs> you're going to say God's name and it's okay. Um, and so I, I, she's definitely somebody that we need to be looking out for. Here for that. Okay. So that's so dope. Um, what about for women who are, you know, like on their journey of entrepreneurship, I know sometimes it can feel really lonely. And I would love to know, because for, for us, we really value collaboration over competition. And so what has been the power of connecting with other like-minded entrepreneurs of faith specifically for you? So the big thing for me with uh, creating community has been, um, you know, entrepreneurship can be lonely. Uh, that's like been the biggest, like one of the bigger obstacles that I've faced is that, uh, you know, since 2017, I've been home, you know, there, there hasn't been like, I'm going in to see coworkers or anything. And so community is so powerful for me and having those um, business besties, because um, just engaging with other entrepreneurs, it's allowed me to be in rooms or to be in settings that I probably wouldn't have found myself in because entrepreneurship can be very isolating. And so, um, it, you know, I have like a few business besties who have really just locked arms with me. So when I'm in those moments where I'm like, you know what, I give up because I mean, we all quit our business probably every five minutes. And it's like, you know, when I'm having those moments, I'm able to reach out to somebody and be like, listen, this is what I'm going through, you know, and they're able to really pour into me and speak life into me. But then also I'm able to do it for other people. And it feels really good. Like it feels good to be able to 
lock arms with other women and say like, hey, listen, I see you and I know you're going through this. How can I support you? Um, I've had women who I've never even met before, like in, like in real life, I've never met them. But when they know I've been going through something, like they'll send me food. Um, when I had the baby, people were like sending me um, like Instacart or not Instacart, but what is it? Uber Eats or something like they were sending me food. And it, it was just really nice to have community and have friendship. And then also I'm really intentional about the audience that I build. And so whenever I go missing from social media, it's nice to have people like you've you've made such an impact on your community that they're reaching out to you like hey sis you okay like where are you like what's going on you know and it's just really encouraging to know that that's what happens when you really focus on building community and just being a kind person like not showing up one way presenting yourself on social media but really like you're another way but really being genuine and creating that community of people there's nothing in my opinion, nothing better than that. Like that's the job well done for me. Girl, that part, literally, it's so empowering um, to, like you said, when you're going through things. And I I feel like the same way with me. um, And I think, which is intrinsic in what you said, but I want to call it out is like, you have to be vulnerable to let people know you were going through, right? Like to have a community of people that know like, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, like this isn't going well right now. And so I think for me, especially someone who, y'all, I've been broke, 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 brokeity, broke, broke after, you know, leaving a six-figure job. And, you know, a lot of times pride can get in the way or even just like fear of like, opening up and being vulnerable. And it's not necessarily pride all the time. Sometimes it's like, can I trust someone with this information, right? And so I think building those relationships has been really helpful for me, where in the same way, like I had friends sending me money, like investing in me when I did not have it. And and they were just led by God to invest. And it's like, yo, like you don't know what this money did for me. Like, it really opened up everything for me. And so, you know, I I just really appreciate you sharing that because I think as women, we just need to be vulnerable with the people around us, but really be prayerful about the people God brings into our circles so that they can be trustworthy. I think um, for me also a big thing, when I got pregnant, I I closed down my agency. Like I, there were a lot of things that I literally stopped doing business and I started looking for a job. And I was telling my friend, I remember telling my business bestie now, her name's Brianna. And um, I remember telling her, Brianna Queen, she's like bomb.com a video. I had to plug her there. Um, but <laughs> so I remember telling her like, listen, I am done. Like I, there's no way that I'm gonna be able to build this business with a baby. Like I had, you know, I had three businesses and I'm just like, there's no way. And I just remember, remember her saying to me like, okay, I'm gonna let you take the day and then we'll talk tomorrow. And I was like, I was so mad at her. Cause I was like, no, like I'm, 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 just, I'm telling you what I'm doing. Like I'm applying for jobs, whatever, whatever. She's like, I'm gonna let you have the day. And then we're going to talk tomorrow. And I remember she called me the next day and she was like, um, have you eaten? Like, she just asked me all these random questions that had nothing to do with, and I'm just sitting here having this in my mind, a whole life crisis. And I just remember her saying like, you can't make snap decisions um, just because you're upset. She's like, that, that, that's not, that's not how we're going to do things. She was like, because there are people that you're called to serve and show up and help. And I just remember feeling so defeated because I had, my pregnancy was really, um, really traumatic. 
And my delivery was also traumatic. A lot of things were just really traumatic for this entire process of becoming a mom. And then now, you know, even now, since I have moments and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a lot. Like I'm, I'm literally doing this interview and trying to figure out like how to keep them quiet, you know, and it can be hard sometimes. And that's why I think it's so important to have friends around and people that just understand like the, the life of being an entrepreneur, but also trying to balance being a mother and being um, a wife or whatever, because it can be challenging. Like it can be challenging wearing all these different hats. And when we have this community that just really encourages us or having these people, like you said, that you could be transparent with and vulnerable with for me to even say like, listen, I, sometimes I feel like I have to choose between my business and my baby. And then like, I had to be like, God even had to like shift me there. And it's like, no, you don't have to be one or the other. You can have both. And it's like, now I'm boldly standing up and saying like, oh no, we really can be bomb, amazing, loving, present mothers and also build wildly successful businesses. And they're like, it's not mutually exclusive. You can be an amazing supportive partner and spouse. You can be all these things, but we have to trust that the path is there for us to walk in. And I think that that's what happens when we really surround ourselves with a powerful and strong community. Girl, I know you're preaching to somebody. You're preaching to me. I ain't even got a baby yet. But listen, I'm like, one thing I will say is like, God, it's so funny how God prepares us for what he is bringing our way. And one of the big things for me in 2020, God was like, make room. And I'm like, what? So I'm literally like to the, to the extent that like I started, like, I think during quarantine, I think I got a rid of 60% of my wardrobe. I was just physically making room. And then I was like taking assessments of my life, my relationships, things that I didn't need, things about myself that I'm like, all right, let me make room and being very intentional about it. Literally, God sent me my boyfriend. And I'm like, had I not made room, this would have been very awkward because it's still awkward. And I thought I made enough room. The man is a minimalist. And it's like, oh, God was physically preparing me for that. Like literally physically preparing me for that. But then also preparing me from a perspective of like, girl, like how, how you building a business, but you don't even talk to your boyfriend. Like you need to make room to prioritize these things. And it's like, I think so many times it's difficult. It's like, when you've been doing things one way for so long, and then I, I think that's one of the really big reasons why having a supportive community has helped me because I've had to be like, y'all, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, like, what's up? Like, how are you figuring this out? Because he got an attitude because he like, uh, you work from what time to what time? Like, can you log off and can we talk? Like, and so I think, I think it's just really important because as you go through different stages in life, having people that are across different, you know, backgrounds and experiences really, really helps. Um, So I appreciate you for sharing that. And so my last question to you before we figure out how to stay connected with you is what do you tell the woman who is afraid of starting her next big thing? Oh, that's such a loaded question. Okay. To the woman that's afraid to start the next big thing, what I would say is that don't allow your fear to stop you from being able to help someone that needs you. I think so often fear is rooted in ourself. 
right? It's rooted in my, like what people will think of me, you know, am I able to do it, right? It's rooted in yourself. And you have to remember that like our gifts, the things that we're supposed to do, it's not for us. It's for other people. Um, And when you let that go, when you let go of, for lack of better words, your ego and let, let go of yourself, you realize that on the other side of your fear is a massive transformation and breakthrough, not only for yourself, but for someone that's on the receiving end of whatever you're going to be doing. And so we have to, and it's, it's scary. Like, cause I've, there's been a lot of things that I'm like, I'm afraid to do this. Like I was terrified. I did a whole masterclass where I talked about spiritual gifts and I talked about like transparently spoke about God. Like, this is how I include God in my business. And for me, that was scary because I felt like I wasn't qualified, but again, that was rooted in me, right? It was rooted in my own feelings. And God had to tell me like, it's not about you. Like I have, I'm trying to tell somebody this message. And it was so crazy because after I did that, someone reached out to me and they were just like, you know, I've really been thinking about like restarting my my journey and my walk with Christ and you showing me how you include him in your business really inspired me, you know, to just start praying again and just start. And it made me realize like, wow, that was not about me. Like this whole masterclass, it had nothing to do with, is Kay qualified? Is Can Kay speak on this? Is Kay a preacher? Like, no, it had nothing to do with any of that and everything to do with the person on the receiving end. And so when you find yourself being filled with fear, you just have to remember that it's not about you. And when you, when you recognize, and it's hard, like, cause we always think that life is about us. Everything re- revolves around us, but it really doesn't. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with everybody else. Listen, that's what God used to tell me when I was in college. And he continuously reminds me, it's like, it's not about you. It's never been about you. And I would be so irritated. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not even being selfish or anything. And it would just be moments of like me going through intense, like trauma or like, like I would be going through pain and God would literally be like, it's not about you. It's never been about you. And I would have to like refocus and get away from like, like melting away into my pain and just transitioning to a place of like, okay, I don't know why you got me going through this, but it's for somebody else. Right. And so I I love that you said that. And so how can we stay connected with you? This has been so amazing. And I know like the ladies are going to want more because maybe we haven't even gotten into how to sell out your offers with your content. And I know that's what you're all about. And so I would love to know how we can stay connected with you beyond today. Yes. So my favorite place is Instagram. So you can find me at Mrs. K Hillman all over there. I'm always in my story sharing baby King and just talking about whatever I feel like talking about that day. Um, (laughs) Sometimes Instagram can be really random for me, but I love hanging out over there. Um, Also, you can uh, stay checked in with my blog. It's um, Mrs. KH.com. But really like, if you want to see like all of my stuff is usually happening over on Instagram. I do have a podcast that I try to keep regular, but who knows, girl? So we're just going to stick to Instagram. <laughs> Listen, I girl, I feel you. Like, I'll I be like writing blogs and then be like, wait a minute. Like, 
Right. <laughs> so last time I wrote a blog, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. We're giving ourselves grace daily, but thank yeah. you so much for being on the podcast and ladies, as always, y'all already know we're praying for you. We love you. And my prayer is that this conversation really helps you to walk in the next level of what God has for you. Stop being scared to post on social media. Just get started. Get plugged into some of those resources that Kay is going to share with us. And as always, like I said, we're praying for you. And we can't wait to connect with you on our next Go-Getter podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Go-Getter podcast. If you love this episode as much as I did, or if you're a loyal fan and you still haven't shared with us how this podcast has impacted you, do us a favor and drop us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on that does us a huge help and we sincerely appreciate it we want to know how this podcast has impacted you how you have learned and grown from this podcast and you know as always we love you we're praying for you we appreciate you and we'll see you next time on the go-getter podcast